Today, it's back to the killing. We begin our series on Randy Kraft. Growing up in a relatively normal home, Kraft didn't experience the same childhood trauma many of the other serial killers we've covered have. We'll examine his upbringing, education, time in the military, and how he dealt with his homosexuality. Finally, we'll learn about his dark, sadistic fantasies and how they'll come to ruin lives. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. After a few lighthearted weeks of paranormal activity and alien fucking, we asked ourselves, selves, what do the people want this week? And what was the answer, Ja? It's murder. You're goddamn right. This is Necronomapod. Doing this shit. <laughs> it's not me, it's the listeners, man. <laughs> Clamoring for it. We got sent um the zombie Skittles that we talked about what a week or two ago. Yeah, something like that. All right. Shriekers Skittles. Oh. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> they include shocking lime, ghoulish green apple, rattled raspberry, citrus scream, and spine tingling tangerine. Hmm. But do they have different flavors? Isn't that the thing with real regular Skittles? They all they're different colors, but the same flavor. They're supposed to be different flavors. I don't think they are. They're supposed to be. Hmm. I feel like those lime ones are taste different than the other ones, the original Skittles. I don't know. I had an orange one. I didn't really taste much. I have a temporary crown. I'm gonna be very careful chewing these. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's limey. I just had that one, too. Oh, yeah, that raspberry one's really sour. <laughs> I don't think I have a raspberry one in here. Which one's... Here, try them. God damn, I didn't get one of those. Loser. <laughs> what kind of bootleg Skittles bag is this? Yeah, I don't love it. Orange is good. Limey's very tart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's definitely flavor with these ones. Mm-hmm. Don't, not a good one, but flavor. All right. Well, that was interesting. Not bad. We were literally about to hit record, and Ian like threw these at us last second and was like, oh, by the way, someone sent us these. I was not prepared for a uh, food ASMR today. Yeah, I don't know. I like regular Skittles better. I agree, yeah. Do you ever have the berry ones, like that purple bag? Those are pretty tasty. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah, those are all right. Orange, the orange one there is real good. The dark orange or the light orange? The dark orange. All right, I'll try that maybe at the break. All right. Well, thank you, Kat, for sending that right. to us. Speaking of delicious tasting things, did you guys see that less than a year after its farewell tour, the McRib is back in special locations? <laughs> it's like fucking Motley Crue. It won't go away. <laughs> is it around here? I haven't seen it advertised, but I also did have not went out looking for it. I'm done with that bullshit. <laughs> Never again. Dave was so hyped on him. And then the last few years. Garbage. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was funny that. 
they had that big hole marketing. Oh, it'll never come back. And like they didn't, couldn't even wait a year. But did they find like an extra couple cases in like the right. McDonald's <laughs> freezer and the, their headquarters? Trying to pump up the bottom line yeah. here before the end of the year. <laughs> I feel like we just talked about this like three months ago. It's back. That it wasn't fast. that long ago. That they went away? It wasn't three months, but it was, <laughs> was not it last year, maybe? But it, Well, it was less than a year ago was the farewell tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, like so it was within a year. Six months? Yeah. Okay. And then it's already back. Dumb. Yeah, I feel like it was early 2023, probably, when we were mm. each eating them. Like, oh, this is the last time. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really. <laughs> if I saw mm-hmm. it again here, I'd probably end up still getting one just to try it again. See if maybe they this last... Ditch effort. Something changed. Not getting me again, man. It's so bad, though. Not falling for it. Fuck you and your McRib. <laughs> Fuck you, McDonald's, and your stupid <laughs> McRib. Just let it die. Your pork-ish meat. Pork-ish. Your There's pork-ish. no pork in there. Pork-ish meat. <laughs> yeah, there is zero pork. There's in no there. pork in that thing. I'm not even sure it's actually meat. I think it's grown in a lab somewhere. <laughs> It was like the fungus that was on like leftover quarter pounder <laughs> patties. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. This isn't bad. Let's slap some cheap barbecue sauce on it and call it a day. It's when, when Taco Bell gets rid of the meat slime out of their vat. <laughs> Someone comes in with a, and hoses the remnants off. And that's what they make Ooh. the McRib. And McRib. <laughs> you know what's funny is like I like uh, McDonald's like barbecue sauce for their nuggets. It's pretty tasty. Mm. I feel like it's not the same sauce they put on that McRib different yeah it's not good like yeah. just use the regular barbecue sauce they're like no we're not opening those packets it costs money <laughs> so all right well and not to toot my own horn here but i believe i called the brown steelers game correctly last week you did yeah how much money did you win on you that? think i made that bet because <laughs> uh, no you'd be wrong because i did not oh. probably would have paid about 200 to one so goddamn nope well bragging rights probably feel just as good right dave they do I don't yeah care. Hmm. you'd be sitting six inches higher right now on your wallet <laughs> <laughs> did you you picked the correct score even yeah, like score. you said the under and then you predicted what was it 10 13 7 10. or 13, 13 10? 10 cleveland oh definitely bet the under yeah hope somebody had that in their parlay all right should be a sports booker i should better, right better <laughs> booker, doing so well they're called betting my own uh picks I mean, I guess I have to pick this week's too. If, yeah. You know, you gonna try to ride this out? Keep see how long you can go. I'm gonna go twenty four twenty Cleveland over Denver. Twenty four twenty. You got a All prediction right. for the Ohio State Michigan game? Um, Michigan sucks. That's my prediction. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let me give you. Uh, um, it's college football, so it's gonna be like ninety eight to ninety two. Mm, not tomorrow though. Mm, that's a tough one. You think about it. Get back to us. Let me get back to. Let me throw that out there at the end of the. I'm gonna make a note after the ad break. How about that? I'm gonna completely forget to bring that up, (laughs) just so we all are aware. This is gonna. Please don't have your hopes up because we will forget. Let's go 28-17. Oh, Ohio State. Oh, 28-17. All right, there it is. Now you don't have to remember. Now I gotta erase my note. (laughs) What did you say? 28-17. 28-17. That means there's gonna be four touchdowns by Ohio State. Two touchdowns by Michigan and a field goal. It's not bad. Hmm. Look at me. I just did a football. <laughs> Speaking of balls, Randy Kraft. I remember when we mixed him up with Robert Kraft. Well, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, how dare you? That's Tom Brady's former boss. Like, is that the guy that likes to get hand jobs in Jupiter, Florida at the Asian <laughs> massage parlor? No, that's the Browns quarterback. 
Randy Kraft was born on March 19, 1945 in Long Beach, California to Harold and Opal Kraft. Randy was their youngest kid and he was their only son. Harold and Opal had three girls before Randy with Randy's oldest sister being 12 years older than him. Randy was showered with love from his sisters and his mother. Like the book I've been reading, um, Angel of Darkness, about Randy Kraft. Like the sisters just kind of treated him like a baby doll. Mm. The older ones, like they carried him around everywhere, played with him. So he was... Sounds pretty nice. Loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regarding his father, Harold, he wasn't abusive or an alcoholic or anything like that. He was just really distant. He didn't attend any extracurriculars for the kids and people from the neighborhood later on, looking back at it, said that you always saw the family out together doing stuff, but Harold was nowhere to be found. Is that fairly common for men of that time? I think it's that out of the ordinary, right? Yeah, I think it's has to do with the time frame yeah, a lot. I think there's some of that. It seems a little odd. A little odd. That he's just never around, never see him. Did a lot of fathers think that was the women's arena, that sort of thing back then? Well, like the extracurriculars, maybe that was, but like, you know, I saw this as like going out to eat and like the dad just doesn't go. Mm. Yeah. Which to me Perhaps. seems a little odd. Mike Opal, good name or bad name? Opal. I don't think I like it very it's much. It's not very sexy. Opal. Nah, I don't love it. It conjures up like a domineering German woman with a mustache. <laughs> I was all right with everything you said until you said mustache. I was along for that ride. Opal. Yeah, no. No thanks. Put that with Blanche. With that for one of the other ones we get on in this show. Maud. Maud. Yeah. That's that's 50% of the Golden Girls. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> Harold and Opal lived a middle-class life, and they worked really hard to stay middle-class. Harold worked on a line assembly job for Douglas Aircraft Company, and Opal worked multiple part-time jobs to bring in the rest of the needed income. She worked as a seamstress and a school cook. She was a top member of the PTA for the school that her kids went to. She's like a super mom type yeah. lady. Yeah. Randy didn't have any warning signs for what he would later become in life. But he did have the classic head injury that we've seen in a ton of these guys. When Randy was two years old, he tripped down a flight of concrete stairs and was knocked unconscious. Randy was rushed to the hospital, and he was unconscious the whole ride there. Doctors used a very tiny bit of smelling salts to wake him up, and because Randy was out for so long, there were real concerns that he might have some brain damage, but nothing ever showed up. You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? At this point in the story, you mean? Correct. Oh, like, okay. We're going to see he's able to go to school and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right off like the next few years, things like look glorious for this guy. Yeah, yeah. That's terrifying, though. A two-year-old falling down those steps and then just knocked unconscious. For the whole ride to the hospital. That's, That's a long time. Really That's a scary. long time. Yeah. Have you ever had smelling salts used to wake you up? No. I don't think I have. No, but either. I've seen like the videos of it. And like I like hockey players will use it sometimes, like just sitting on the bench, like just to psych themselves up. And like they take it and it's just like nothing. And then I see other people do it and like they like are gagging after yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And, like, I don't think I could manage that. Hmm. Doesn't seem great. I would try it. I would absolutely try it. <laughs> Yeah, I would try. Do a video for, or uh, I was going to say for OnlyFans. <laughs> for Patreon. All right. New challenge unlocked. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll do it for OnlyFans with our pants off. That'll be a good time. 
$88 a month subscription. There's only going to be that one video. I put the swa- sma- sma- <laughs> sweat, sweat, swami, swammy, <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> I put the smelling salts on Ian's wiener, and you have to sniff them <laughs> off of there and wake yourself up. But I'm blindfolded, so I don't know what's in front of me. <laughs> 88 bucks a month for that. And that's the only video we're ever going to post. You have to be a, a member for eight months minimum before you get to see yeah. it. <laughs> As Randy got into middle school and high school, he started to stand out from the rest of his class. His grades put him in the top of his class, and he excelled at pretty much everything he tried. He was super good at playing saxophone for his school band, and he was one of the top four high school tennis players in the state of California. Oh, fancy. (laughs) He was real big into politics and like doing the whole debate team type thing. Randy was a hardcore conservative. But from you know the book that I've been reading, most of Westminster in the 1950s and 60s were very conservative. Randy only had one person from his childhood say something negative about him. It was his chemistry teacher, Lee Manley. Manley said from the moment that he met Randy, he could tell something was off about him, which we've talked about something like that before, where there's like one one or two people throughout life that see like you're a, like a sociopath yeah, or something. Yeah, see through that veil. The teacher voted him most likely to grow up and murder people, but (laughs) that didn't make the yearbook, apparently. (laughs) Poor Lee. He tried. (laughs) That should have been your last name, Mike Manley. Mike Manley. Well, if I'm ever... How good for the show would that have been? If I'm ever a porn star, Mike Manley. (laughs) I would have just a mustache and then just shave pubes to be just a mustache as well. (laughs) So it'd be like dual mustaches. And then he'd be like, I'd say like, mustache ride, and you get your pick up or down. That's not a bad gimmick. Uh, I'd love it a lot. Someone's going to for sure steal that. But. <laughs> it's mine. Randy had a group of close friends. There was two other boys in his class, and they were always together. The three of them had various girlfriends, but Randy always just played along. From pretty early on, Randy realized that he was gay, and there was no way he was going to be able to come out to anyone in 1963 living in a conservative area. Randy later on said that all the conservative political stuff that he was doing during high school and then, you know, a couple of years in college later on, that it was just a front to, you know, for no one to question his sexuality. Good bit of that going on these days, I would say, especially in the evangelical Christian arena. He graduated in 1963 10th in his class out of 390 kids. Not that good. <laughs> it's better than me. Definitely better than me. He's no valedictorian. That's Certainly sure. was not. Not even a salutorian. He was he was awarded no Torian. <laughs> Torianships. No Torianships. Torian free. <laughs> he was not asked to give a speech at commencement. He probably sat in the front row. He didn't leave the seat, though, and get up and talk. Did they still see people like that in the front row? Like, I, I always remember. remember it being alphabetically, kind of. Was it like the first 10? I don't remember. And then alphabetical after that? Hey, yeah, it depends on school. Who knows? Yeah. They were recognizing the top 10 to some degree. So he just made the cut. Yeah, well, good for him. He's a smart guy. Head injury and all. Yeah. M- meanwhile, like Lee Manley standing in the corner with his arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy it. Something's wrong with this little uh, That boy ain't right. He's going to kill people. <laughs> well, at least he's a hillbilly in California. 
(laughs) (laughs) That fall, Randy enrolled at Claremont College, which was an all-male school in Los Angeles County. He studied economics, and while the majority of people Randy's age were protesting against the Vietnam War, he was still doing the conservative thing, and he was actually like protesting in favor of the war. As Randy got into his sophomore year of college, he was able to relax a little bit regarding his sexuality, and he had his first relationship with another young man who he only gave the name as Mike. Randy. Hey, hey. <laughs> Manly Mike. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Which mustache you trying to write? <laughs> Either. <laughs> Randy even took Mike home on a holiday to meet his parents, which was presented like they were really good friends, but Randy later said that he had hoped that his parents would have been able to read between the lines a little bit. Maybe he could ease into coming out, but they didn't put two and two together. (laughs) No, they didn't. That's weird. Or maybe they did, and they (laughs) just decided not to say anything. Isn't Mike great, Mom and Dad? They're like, yeah, he's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking talking In addition to dating Mike, Randy started to become more involved in the gay community and realized it was a lot more common than politicians and religious officials may it seem, and there was nothing wrong with being gay. Randy got a bartending job at a gay bar, and by the time he graduated in 1968, he had done a complete turnaround. He registered as a Democrat, joined the campaign team for Robert F. Kennedy, and even received a personal letter written by Robert F. Kennedy, thanking him mm. for his hard work. Eric, dear Randy Kraft, <laughs> thank you for not killing anyone in the campaign office. You think he writes that way too, Dave? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Eric, you're a model citizen. <laughs> I like to think, you know, he says it as like a personal letter written. It was probably just one of those, you know, generically sure, printed sure. out, yeah. stamped with his signature. <laughs> he sent out to anybody who was a campaign volunteer. Like the... 15,000 of them yeah, in, right. in a stack. Yeah. I'm sure Randy didn't do that much. <laughs> there were a lot of positives going on in Randy's life, but he also had a couple of setbacks. First, he was arrested for inquiring about sex with an undercover male police officer. But because Randy had never been in trouble before, he was let go with a warning. The second was that Randy was required to enlist in a branch of the military once he graduated college. Randy had been selected for the Vietnam draft while he was in college, but because he was in school, he was able to defer his service. And the requirement was that he would have to enlist in some form of the military after he graduated, Mm. which he enlisted in the Air Force. Like, hmm, master's degree sounds pretty good. I think I'm going to stick around in college (laughs) for a little while. By 1969, Randy was ready to come out. First, he told his parents and his sisters which they were all devastated. Randy's father was super angry and wouldn't talk to him for a long time. Opal was really upset, and she said that it was kind of like a phase that Randy would grow out of it. And his sisters blamed it on the fact that he went to an all-male college, and then same kind of thing, like it's a phase he would eventually snap out of it. I think it's the other way around. That's why why you go to an all-male college. It's not the all-male college isn't turning you gay. Right. Randy was super hurt over this whole thing, like how everybody reacted to him. But he still moved forward with coming out. And on July 26, 1969, he came out to his Air Force commanding officer 
And for that, Randy received a general discharge from his service and his records cite medical reasons. I mean, you could have got a dishonorable in those days, right? Yeah. So that's all things be considered. Surprise outcome. They right? didn't hear that. And they're like, oh, front lines. Yeah, Go. Right. Cannon fodder. Yeah. Following his discharge, Randy moved back in with his parents and got a job as a bartender. That job in this like uncertain spot that he was in about like what he was going to do in the future led to Randy experimenting with drugs and living a really sexually open lifestyle. Does this show some level of acceptance from his parents, though, if they're letting him live there? It wasn't like a... They didn't yeah. disown him. No. They were just really maybe disappointed or upset. Yeah. I th- his dad was having that whole thing of, um, this is my only son, and now I'm not going to have any grandkids type type deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a like a tiptoe around situation them all living in the same house but they didn't completely throw him away all right probably thinking like you said before maybe he'll turn himself around and grow out of it or whatever right like it's just a phase yeah through this new life that randy was living he met a man in his age range named jeff graves and the two of them started a relationship together jeff graves was into the idea of an open relationship so there were no issues there with these two they both wanted to live this life Randy was starting to have really dark sexual fantasies that were getting to be an issue. Randy didn't tell anyone about his fantasies. Maybe it's that head injury mixed with all the later drug use, but he was starting to have extremely sadistic fantasies, like not normal consensual BDSM stuff. He just wanted to torture and hurt people specifically for sexual purposes. Uh, That's not normal? No. I don't know, Dave. We're talking about that a little more. I'm just yeah. What do you mean by just that? Asking. What are you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what are you feeling? <laughs> I mean, irreparably hurt people, or just temporarily hurt people. Never mind. Really, we, we can move really on. Really we can move on. Do you think Opal, the German dominatrix, <laughs> what are her views on hurting people? Hmm. How sadistic does she get? Well. We have to hear that accent to determine the level of sadism. I think. <laughs> well. I mean, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> it's it's all going to be very aggressive and angry. I think the worst thing she could make you do is lick her mustache. Oh my god! <laughs> I'd rather have her punch me in the face as hard as she could. <laughs> Please don't make me lick that. Like dripping sweat mustache after oh. she had gone to work on oh. you for forty five minutes. <laughs> like that kind of licking. Hey, I don't. Maybe. I mean, I'm not trying to kink shame, but a little bit. I'm going to shame on that one. <laughs> Randy was able to keep his fantasies under control until March of 1970 when he saw 13-year-old Joey Fancher walking alone in Huntington Beach. Randy pulled over and pretty quick into the conversation, Joey told Randy that he had run away from home. Randy told him, I get it, parents can be assholes, come to my apartment for the night and we can smoke some weed and drink some beer. So Randy's 25 at this point. Yes. My math is correct. Okay. Randy and Joey had been drinking all night, and eventually Joey said that he had a really bad headache. Yeah, what kind of 13-year-old can drink all night? You're just getting started there, pal. You're amateur. You can't <laughs> drink all night. I mean, maybe he's just, you know, sipping slowly all night while yeah. Randy's yeah. boozing. Putting him down. Yeah. This all isn't right. probably a... Who did we just cover? The rum guy. What the fuck was his name? 
Uh, Dennis Nilsson. Dennis Nilsson, where they're just oh, yeah. throwing down alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Or at least he is. <laughs> the rum guy. Yeah. The rum. That's because that's, you know, yeah, who fucking the, just drinks that much rum. He loved it. He Nobody was crushing does. full bottles of rum. Yeah. yeah. Every night. Having bonfires mm. of bodies in the backyard and then clogging toilets. <laughs> <laughs> it's available in the archives, I think, Mike, right? It is available in the archives. Check it out. Pod available where all other podcasts or wherever you listen to your other podcasts, whatever that shit, however that shit goes. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I'm not used to giving my spiel here in the middle of the show. Save that for the end. <laughs> so this kid said that he had a really bad headache and presumably it's because he's, you know, not used to drinking and he's trying yeah. to keep up. Um, so Randy offered him some aspirin, but in reality he had given Joey Valium. The rest of the night was hazy for Joey because he was in and out of consciousness but what he does remember was that Randy started showing him pictures of Randy having sex with other young men and then asking Joey if he ever had sex. For the rest of the night, Joey drifted in and out as Randy raped him multiple times. We've, we've covered before these like serial rapists slash murderers taking pictures and showing pictures, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what is it with that? Lonnie Franklin yeah. is big on that. Grim Sleeper loved to show off his photo collection. Does that help make it more exciting for them? Do they get off on showing it off? Or, like, who was the dude that had, um, we just covered him a few months ago. He kept all the photos in his garage. The guy the, the guy was the fixer up of the cars. Yeah. Lonnie Franklin. Ronnie, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But uh, so I don't remember him showing people. He had those other two friends them. that were all showing them. Yeah. Okay. That's what was his, the Grim Sleeper, you said? Yeah. yeah. So it's just interesting that like they get off on like showing this bragging, like, showing off like their, their crimes they've committed and, you know, raping people. Were the pictures him raping or just actual consensual activities that he had? Been well, I meant like the grim the sleepers past. were raping, right? Like, cause weren't they out like, dr- like some of them, they looked you unconscious and yeah, some were up. dead, some were unconscious. And some didn't were he drugged. have like comments about them on some of those photos? Yeah. Like how to describe them or, mm-hmm. you know, different like degrading, degrading. things right. about them. That's um, right. Yeah. I don't know if in this case he was showing them people he, he was raping. I don't yeah. know that. But it's just, I don't know. It's just weird that we've, we've talked about that multiple times. People showing off yeah. these, hey, while I have you here. <laughs> Check out this photo. <laughs> Couldn't help but notice you noticing that book <laughs> on my coffee table. It, Lonnie Franklin would just show them to people. Like anybody. Oh, I'm fixing your car. Hey, look at this. Yeah. He had tons, right? Like stuff that he wasn't even ever convicted of. Just yeah, tons hundreds. of photos. Yeah. That's really weird. People are odd, man. People get down with some yeah. some stuff. <laughs> what? If you're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's all weird even still. Like think about like, trying to picture yourself doing that. You're. You pick up a thirteen-year-old boy, get him drunk, drug him with some Valium, and start showing him. Wait, I can't a even photo show that. of yeah. you having sex with other dude. You lost me at pick up a thirteen-year-old boy, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I don't even know how I can like follow this. Like, where? What is your mindset? Yeah, yeah, I. You can't even. I mean, which goes comprehends I mean, even looking at a thirteen-year-old can be like, okay, I'm going to pick this kid up. You're clearly yeah. out of touch with reality in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, not excusing any of this. I wouldn't even speak to a thirteen-year-old kid no, out in public. No, I wouldn't no. even look at a thirteen-year-old no. kid in public like, ever. No, fucking Chris Hansen is always watching. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anything to do with anybody. No, I don't kids. want to be around any kids ever. 
Yeah. Just look straight up at the ceiling. Like, <laughs> don't come near me. <laughs> right. In the morning, Joey woke up and was unable to move. He wasn't tied up. He was just in so much pain from the sexual assaults done by Randy that he couldn't move without having extreme pain. Th- that hurts even just to think about I know, it. That's just it's horrendous. Yeah. As Joey was laying in bed, Randy came over and told him that he had to go to work and he'd be back later. Zippity doo dah, <laughs> zippity yay. I, I don't understand. See a kid, I'm heading to the office. <laughs> yeah, he just got real bold right off the bat and just mm. left this kid there. I don't know what he's thinking. Like, are you under the impression that kid loved it? He'll be there waiting for me uh, when I get back and we'll do it again. Maybe. Uh, oh, oh, what yeah, was his maybe. thought? What was his thought process? Hmm. I don't know. As morning went on and turned into the afternoon, Joey started to be able to move a little better. And he was getting the courage and strength to pull himself out of Randy's bed and escape when he heard a knock at the door, followed by a male voice asking, Randy, are you in there? Joey stayed quiet and it's like hoping that nobody, you know, whoever that was, that they wouldn't come in. After about 30 minutes or so, when Joey felt that the coast was clear, he pulled himself out of the bed and stumbled across the street to a bar. The people at the bar called 911, and Joey was rushed to the hospital. Mm. As soon as doctors saw Joey, they knew he had been drugged. They pumped his stomach and later said that if he had been given any more Valium, that he would have died. Once Joey was able to talk coherently to the police, he told them that he was beaten and drugged by Randy. Joey led them to Randy's apartment, but he didn't say anything about the sexual assault. He was too embarrassed. The police just walked right into Randy's apartment, and they found everything exactly how Joey said it was. There were the Polaroids of Randy having sex with other men, the Valium, all that stuff. When a local prosecutor was contacted, it was determined that no charges were going to be filed against Randy. Uh, First... Joey had willingly taken the Valium, which he admitted to that. He thought it was aspirin, but... That's what... Like, he didn't say, I was given aspirin? Like, yeah. that's different than willingly taking Valium. So... I mean, he's a kid. I understand. Yeah. But it's... So if I give a 13-year-old cocaine and he's like, yeah, I'll take that. Like, I'm in the clear. I can give a, a 13-year-old But it's even drugs. worse than that. You're telling him it's something else. Yeah, this is a completely different this thing. This is even worse, yeah. I think. I mean, that's you're still, with what you said, like, yeah. They're, they're like, oh, we can't charge Dave <laughs> Namapod. He told them. Weird. In 1970, I yeah, guess. Yeah, different time, <laughs> I guess. Different time. It was a Bill Cosby uh, glory days back then. You can do whatever oh, you want. Man. No holds barred. <laughs> no holes barred or no holds barred? Who you asking, Bill? I'm just, I'm just asking. <laughs> the second thing was that the police just walked right into Randy's apartment and started looking through stuff without a search warrant. So none of that evidence would be able to be used against Randy. Mm. Technicality. Mm. So he just walked away from drugging and raping a 13-year-old boy. And he learned his lesson, and he said, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to behave myself, become a productive member of society. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) that's not how the story ended. (laughs) After Randy got away with doing this, he chilled out for a while. He stopped going out and partying and having casual sex, and he decided to go back to school to be a teacher. Randy's family still didn't love the fact that he was gay, 
and they kept a distance between themselves and Randy for that reason, but they were happy to see that he had some sort of a direction back in his life. And it wasn't, again, it's not like they just shut him out completely and he wasn't welcome places. He went to family gatherings and stuff. No. Like his nieces uh, talk about him and like how great of an uncle he was hmm. and how he was like more understanding when hanging out with the kids and listen and stuff. No hint that anything like this would be going on. Hmm. We said earlier that Randy and Jeff Graves were in an open relationship, but now that Randy was trying to live more of a straight air life, he didn't love Jeff going out and hooking up with people all the time. This was a slow build, but eventually it got to the point where Randy would just drive around for hours yelling to himself when Jeff was out at the bars and stuff like that. Are you trying to drive me crazy? <laughs> <laughs> the driving around while venting to himself led Randy to picking up random men to have sex with out of pure spite towards Jeff. There's nothing enjoyable or positive about these sexual encounters, just... Randy taking out frustration. From my experience, spite sex is some good sex. <laughs> I love a good spite sex. <laughs> I bet you do, pervert. <laughs> Why is it going to be perverted? <laughs> Just spite sex. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have to share. <laughs> On September 20th, 1971... 30-year-old Wayne Duquette was finishing up his bartending shift at the Stable, which was a gay bar near Sunset Beach. I bet there's a lot of stallions at the Stable, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and after the bar closed, Wayne was never seen alive again. On October 5th, 1971, police got a call about a body being found in a ravine off of Ortega Highway. Jeez, I wasn't even born yet. Why are you though? Uh, I think you're like 13. I don't get to say that very often. So I, saw, I saw that date. So let me get let me throw one of these out here, like you guys do all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the club, pal. <laughs> the body was Wayne's and had been out in direct sunlight since September 20th. So decomposition had set in so much that the coroner couldn't tell whether foul play was involved or not. The coroner could tell that Wayne's blood alcohol level was high enough to cause alcohol poisoning. Based on that information, it was ruled that Wayne had probably died from alcohol poisoning. Does that mean he was out drinking with our friend Randy? Possibly. Or they not like that one Joker we did a show on where he po he was pouring liquor down their throats. No, that, right. that was really that guy weird. Oh, weirdo. Who was that? It's it was like Canadian after they guy. wasn't it like after they were. They were like unconscious. Yeah. And then yeah. he was pouring it down and they would just die of alcohol That's poisoning. Weird, yeah. But probably not a situation like that. Which leads me to believe he was maybe out drandy. Well, if you remember the name, those of you listening, uh, look it up in the archives. <laughs> it's available right now. <laughs> Somewhere out there. Yeah. Just Google, you know, what we said and you'll find his name and it's in the archives. This wasn't just a situation where the police just said fuck it, that they weren't gonna look into it. They knew that something happened to cause this death, like something nefarious happened. Wayne's body had been stripped naked and his car had been sitting parked at the stable bar ever since September 20th. They asked people that went to the bar that were there that night and you know other people that worked there, if they had any other information, did they see him going out with anybody, anything like that, like leave with anyone. 
but no one remembered seeing Wayne. Talking to anybody, leaving with anyone, nothing suspicious was going on. We know that Wayne was Randy's first murder because of Randy's notebook. Randy's nicknamed the scorecard killer because he kept a notebook under the floor mat of the driver's side of his car where he wrote down his victims' names using code. For the first entry, the book just said, stable. It's pretty ballsy. I mean, you can get your car stolen. and But was it vague enough? Because I thought about that too. But just Suppose. stable, and then some of the names he's going to write down. Unless you were like a part of the investigation... You're not going to know what the hell that meant. Yeah, I, I suppose. Still dumb to even track it. Yeah. Also, Scorecard Killer, one of the better nicknames, I think. It's not bad. That's a good one. He has a couple names, this guy, though. They couldn't stick with just one. Yeah. Was he a freeway killer? There's freeway a bunch killer. of freeway killers. He was, yeah, yeah, that's... That was eh, come on. Well, we'll hmm. talk about that in part right. two next week, that one of the freeway killers gets caught before Randy does. Oh. They're like, okay, well, we got everybody. And then Randy keeps going. They're like, fuck, there's more than oh, one of these shit. guys. <laughs> so many of these guys operating in the back. It's like the golden yeah. age of serial <laughs> killing. That's what I was going to say, right. exactly. 70s and 80s. Just with impunity most of the time. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was I, like I, a, a lot of uh, police work after the fact, going back through his notebook and like, okay, what could the stable mean? And then looking at cold cases and stuff. It's a lot harder back then to do that legwork without computers and, yeah, you know, to keyword, yeah. keyword type stuff like that. Sure. Are we sure it's his first murder? Like keeping notes like that off the bat right away seems seems like something you'd work into maybe. And that I go back to the photos he was showing that thirteen year old boy. How many of those were rape murders type things? Yeah, true. I'm I'm willing to bet that there was more that we just don't know about beforehand. Probably because Randy has a really high kill count. He's at 67. Oh, really? Before mm. this is all done, yeah. So who Shit's knows? Shit's about to pop off next week. Yeah. Seems like the notebook is, unless he's a kid that always kept a journal or something like that, but maybe after the second, third, you're like, I really like this, and I want to keep mementos and, and keep track of all this for posterity. <laughs> or to remind myself later on when i have a wank yeah he didn't really have his like dip your toe in the water type yeah. that yeah, we're aware of yeah i don't think this is for i think i would agree my expert that. opinion is determined <laughs> that uh, hey. he's likely killed before it's almost been five years pal at this point are we experts that's what my business card says mm. well Just at least expert, expert, on it. expert. <laughs> Let's stipulate what kind Just of dave in the back expert <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, you two are experts. I don't remember who the fuck we talked about and what we discussed. But I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself an expert and kayfabe my way through any conversation I can. You're entitled. Like, oh, I remember that guy. He killed people. You're a penis. <laughs> you're a penis expert. Yeah. And the use of well, the wait penis. Wait a minute. Wait and a the minute. use of the penis. Well, I don't. Yeah, we're gonna have to change that, pal. I'm just not Mike Nalapod. I'm the back penis expert. That is not. <laughs> At the very least, it'll say dicking down expert. <laughs> After this murder, Randy relaxed regarding his relationship with Jeff Graves. Randy was now ready to get back into you know the whole open relationship thing. It was like killing Wayne released Randy. It was like a release mm. of all this stress and stuff. Together, Randy and Jeff started going around the Camp Pendleton military base near San Diego. Both Randy and Jeff knew that 
bars in that area were full of military guys who weren't out of the closet, but were looking for one-night stands, and that's what Randy and Jeff were looking for. This setup lasted for a bit, but Randy's type, like the type of guy he was looking for, kept getting younger and younger, and Jeff's kind of like, eh, this is getting a little weird, but maybe he's going through a thing about getting close to 30, kind of a midlife thing a little bit, but... Yeah, 30. That's really old. <laughs> hey, this is Jeff's reason. It's not mine. <laughs> was he going? Like, he was still going for people of age, and it bothered Jeff, or was, was he starting to dabble in, like, criminal activity? Let's get down, down to, like, 18. You're like a, And Jeff's 18, like, all like, right, we're pushing the limits here. Like, we're 30. It's kind of getting weird. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> So this lasted for about a year, and towards the end of 1972, Randy and Jeff went out towards Camp Pendleton together less and less until their relationship was officially over. Bye, Jeff. Bye. Good for Jeff. You got to get out of there. Did Jeff have any inkling about the murder? Not that I'm aware of. All right. Didn't seem like they were very close in their relationship. Very open. At least from what we've discussed. Yeah, very open. Yeah. Just like to go pick up dudes. They lived together. That's about it. Like kind of like it almost. (laughs) Oh, they lived together. Yeah. If you said that, I missed it. I'm sorry. Because I was gonna say it almost seemed like they were just kind of like fuck buddies. Like, eh, we'll we'll be like each other's go to, but we'll just go do other things. But they live together. Yeah. So they're bringing home other guys in front of each other. I'm not together. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? And together. Yeah. 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 They were out going down to bars and stuff Mm. together. Sounds so. It was a real relationship. It wasn't. Mm. As I guess loose or open as I thought. No, they were. Yeah, they were. In they a, were a, relationship. an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Randy was super upset when they when they broke up mm-hmm. when Jeff Graves left. On December twenty fourth, nineteen seventy two, Randy met a twenty one year old Marine named Edward Moore. Edward had previously been part of the First Engineers, First Marines Division in Camp Pendleton, but because you know he was gay wasn't able to live the life that he wanted he decided to go AWOL when he had met Randy Edward had already started having sex in exchange for somewhere to sleep Um, he was down on hard times it's not entirely clear how Randy got Edward in the position he was in but somehow Randy had gotten him into a remote wooded area and bound him by his ankles and wrists from there Randy expanded on his fantasies and took it further than just killing. Randy raped Edward multiple times and then started to experiment with torture. He bit and scratched Edward's body, which was like vicious biting and scratching, left deep cuts. It's so bad that Edward's genitals had been almost ripped off. Ugh. And then with some type of a blunt object, Randy had beaten Edward almost to the point of being unrecognizable then stuffed a sock in his rectum. Finally, when he was done, Randy garroted Edward to death with a piano wire. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's that's sadistic. Hmm. Before disposing of Edward's body, Randy took some Polaroids to keep for later, as well as Edward's harmonica. Then driving slowly down the 405 freeway in Seal Beach, Randy pushed Edward's body out of the vehicle and drove home. 
Once he got home, Randy wrote EDM in his notebook for Edward Daniel Moore and then put it back under the floorboard of his car. It's kind of risky, no? Pushing someone out of your car? Someone could see. Someone could get your license plate. Like not even making an effort to hide the body. Yeah, especially if they were out in the woods, right? And you say he was deep in the woods? I just leave him there. It's weird. You think it was the thrill of that, like watching the news? Oh, a body was found on the 405. That's true. If some guys like, like we've to covered see that. that, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe so. Or does he see that there's other bodies being found along the highway? And he's like, oh, okay, well, all, all the other uh, serial killers were doing it. Yeah. All the other freeway killers or whatever. I'll just add to it. Yeah, it's also not a bad idea. Yeah, which is actually really smart. Like, mm. if there's already all these other freeway killers. It'll get thrown in their collection. If you're still off the grid and radar at this point. If I was the freeway killer and someone started, you know, encroaching on my territory and my gimmick, I'd probably get a sniper rifle and sit up in the woods, <laughs> well, up in the hills there, your pr- and take out the other freeway killers. You don't encroach on someone else's territory. No, I thought of this. That's, you can't do this. I learned that. I'm the freeway killer. My days <laughs> on the streets of bulls and cucking. Like, you don't get <laughs> right? another man's... When he's already like the bull of a family, like you don't dare dab into that. No. If that man is his <laughs> cock and that wife, he's dicking down, you don't get involved in that. You find another wife. You find another wife who doesn't right. yet have a bull. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Unless they're into some real stuff where they want like two bulls, you know. Double bull. Yeah. Which is common in the community. Right. I don't prefer that, though. I no. like to work solo. Right. You don't want to touch uh, penises accidentally? <laughs> I certainly would not. DV, double, double vaginal. Yeah. No? DVDP. Nah, it's not my thing. <laughs> no. Plus, they, they don't react well when, like, I whip it out and they see, like, I'm pierced. Like, I got, like, uh, the Prince uh, Albert yeah, going on. Yeah. Like, they, it throws people off sometimes. It might get hooked on the other penis. And oh, can you, ima- <laughs> oh, can you imagine? If you're doing, like, DVDA, double vaginal, double anal, that's a lot of penises in there and you could have a, could have a problem. <laughs> On December 26, 1972, around 2 a.m., a call was placed to 911 reporting a body on the side of the highway. When police arrived, they were able to identify Edward by his name sewn into his military jacket. And based on how brutal this murder was, police knew that there was blind rage involved, and that led them to believe that this was a personal crime. After talking to people close to Edward, police zeroed in on his ex-boyfriend, Charles Vines, but they never found any evidence that Charles would have been involved, so the case went cold. They kind of pressed on Charles Vine. I'm sure they did. Pretty hard. Randy's third victim was found on February 6th, 1973, alongside the Terminal Island Freeway in Wilmington City. He has never been identified, and all Randy wrote in his notebook was Wilmington. And this this third victim was pretty young. The coroner estimated that he was either 16 or 17 years old. This victim was bitten, scratched, garroted with piano wire, and had a sock in his rectum. So police immediately knew that they had a serial killer on their hands, that it wasn't just a, an isolated incident. They attributed this, at the same time they attributed it to being gay, being a very dangerous lifestyle. Hmm. Like, well, this is the same person, but if you're messing around with weird people, this is what's going to happen. Kind of a thing. Bringing it upon yourself. Yeah. Injecting yourself into a dangerous circumstance. Yeah. All right. What's with the sock? 
sock in the rectum. I don't know. That's weird, weird right? And it's always the, he, the, did he have a cum sock fetish from when he was a kid, and he he liked to finish in a sock. It's the victim sock because mm. both times they're found with only one sock on. Weird. Mm. Do you think he was he was like anally raping them to like the point of blood, and then would just stick a sock up there to like stop it? Oh boy, I don't know. I don't like thinking about it. No, no. rather just say that and just move on. Yeah, well, Dave asked the question, so <laughs> he brought us back to linger on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> something wrong here. <laughs> yes, fake Goofy, there in fact is something wrong here. Creepy man sitting in your house doing Goofy voices that Dave downloaded. <laughs> the term serial killer wasn't really used at this time, so give the police some credit. They reached out to a psychiatrist named Dr. E. Mansell Pattison, and he gave them a profile. And in part, it said that the killer was masculine, not like a meathead type, but probably could handle himself in the military. But the killer didn't feel masculine. So the level of rape and how brutal it was was asserting himself as dominant based on the mutilation to the victim's genitals and nipples. Because we talked about like the the scratching and the biting, a lot of that was centered around the nipples and genital areas. Dr. Patton said that the killer was homosexual and hated himself for it. Targeting the genitals and nipples of his victims was taking all that rage out. He felt that the killer had likely killed before and would just continue to ramp up until he was either caught or killed. And that's where we'll pick back up on part two. Hmm. I'm just trying to throw up all the nipple talk. Mm. I'm going to try to keep it together here. He he just ramps up from here with the torture. Real quick. Mm. Which, again, goes back to, I feel like he probably had killed quite a few times before the first known one or the first admitted one. Seems probable. Mm. Yeah, he gets he gets really sadistic in part two. Like, yeah. Inserting, like... Um, like a stick type thing like in someone's penis and then snapping it off. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That was uncalled for. We almost had a nice fun episode. Oh, my God. That's what you get to look forward yeah. to. Can't wait. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, anything else on this one then? Anything else to cover for part one? Just a weird situation. No warning signs for him. Yeah. Not really much at all. Mm-mm. Dave, any final thoughts on this one? No, no, no. That stick thing I'm going to be thinking about for a few hours probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, well, I'll reserve comments for next week. It's not good stuff. No. I don't like it. I don't, <laughs> I'm not happy about what I just heard. Don't like this one bit. <laughs> it's not been the funnest of episodes we've ever done. This doctor hit it, you know, hit the nail on the head with. He did. He really assumption. did crush it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> good for him. Who was the uh like the FBI original like profilist the 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 guys that coined the serial killer stuff Yeah, the, the that were literally like nailed that science down. It was John Douglas and then Robert Ressler, the other guy. Okay. I think Robert Ressler was there before he brought John Douglas in on it. That sounds right. Yeah. It's like they modeled the Mindhunter show after those two. Yeah. Hmm. And at this time, you know, the term serial killer wasn't a big thing yet. 
Yeah. So yeah. It, it did show, you know, even though they had that homophobic view of, well, you're living a dangerous lifestyle, they did do a little bit, of, you know, there was good police work in reaching out to the psychiatrist. Is Mindhunter the best Netflix show that was uh, canceled too early? Yes. Was that one season? Two. Two. That they do two? Hmm. You know, a Netflix show that was canceled too late, House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> Season or two too late. Maybe yeah. maybe three too late. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's an argument to be made. <laughs> All right, we good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I always hear news stories pop up. Are they making a season three of Mindhunter? I'm like, just stop. Yeah, that's not happening. You're not doing it. Now. Stop teasing like that. It's over. Cock tease. Gives you a serial killer blue balls. It does. It was a really good show. Really good. Yeah, so next week we'll talk about uh, how he continues to ramp up and then eventually gets himself caught. Spoiler alert. God damn. <laughs> he got caught? Don't tell him that. <laughs> God damn it. I like to think he ran uh, overseas and wrote a book, and that's how we know about it, and he's still living free. <laughs> I'm just saying it. Yeah, I'm just saying you don't know. He's in a non-extradition country yeah, right he's, now. He's safe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, now I know he got caught, so fuck it. <laughs> don't even, I'm not even going to tune in next week. Uh, hey, real quick, we haven't given a shout-out to our friends at Just Brew Coffee in a while, but I was hanging out with our pal Jared today, and he informed me that that Necro 15 discount is still active and live. So if you're interested in some delicious coffee, go to youjustbrew.com or check out Just Brew Coffee on the social medias. If you order from them, Necro15, type in that uh, uh, discount code, and you save a little when you get some coffee. I like the uh, Bali the best. That's what I drink as well. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, I think that's what I drink too. All right, well, so check out the Bali. Yeah. Um, it's necro approved. I believe that and the wingman. He was telling me are their mm. two best sellers. I think the wingman's a dark, the Bali's a medium, dark roast. Anyways, check them out. Youjustbrew.com. Necro fifteen, and that's and that's been going for years. That's, that's not a pretty just a, sweet discount. That's not though. even like a Black Friday type thing. That's mm. been going on since we started this podcast. How about so? That? Go check them out. Raise Get, your standards. Raise your <laughs> fucking standards. <laughs> Uh, Dave, what do we got from uh, Patreon? All right, let's start out with... Not OnlyFans, Patreon. Oh, all right, that's a different show. All right. No, never mind. We have a make good here. I don't know if you guys remember this uh, new patron a couple weeks ago. Of course I don't. You say Mike's butthole, I say <laughs> penis cozy. I thought it was a misspelling of koozie. No, koozie. it's cozy. I was corrected. Cozy. A cozy is a soft covering to keep, to keep a teapot or boiled egg, etc. hot. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't never heard the word <laughs> cozy. You say Mike's butthole, I say penis cozy. So something to keep his penis warm, apparently. Okay. Thank you, sir. The jokes are less funny when you have to explain them. <laughs> <laughs> so I made good, pal. Calm down. Thank you to new patrons, Becca Cathcart, 200 million tons. Julia Lawson, Haley Vince, I'm going to give Mike's bussy the people's elbow. That sounds painful. What a bussy is. That's a boy pussy, your bussy. Oh. Your, your, your anus. Oh, okay. It's getting the people's elbow. You can elbow. put your elbow in my anus if you want. <laughs> um, I try everything once. Lydia, Parker, Taken Engelkin, 
Happy birthday, Ashley. Love you. <laughs> okay. Maboza Richie. Parentheses, my balls are itchy. Uh, I Maboza tell. Richie. I couldn't tell because we laughed at a real name last week. I didn't know if that was another one of those. <laughs> DR, Aussie Cuckaroo, Bricey Boy, Carlos Detris, Maddie D, LJ the Great, Veronica Mattioli, Samantha Dunn, Necronomnom, Lewis McWhorter, Julian Samaniego, Megan, Alexandria Heitmeyer, Jennifer Clark, Dustin Lumley, Veronica Novakova, Kanishka Ganguly, Leanne Martino, Meredith Hale, Thomas Siri, Kimberly Ann, something wrong here. <laughs> something wrong here. <laughs> Michelle, Queen Heather, Adolf Oliver Nipples, Ryan <laughs> ate off all of her nipples. Oh, <laughs> not bad. I almost I missed that one. Don't love it one bit. It's disgusting. <laughs> I'm gagging, but I smell what the rocks cooking. Not enough to gag that Skittles out of your mouth. <laughs> well, no, I had to have something to get the taste of throw up out of my mouth. Ryan O'Donnell, Shauna Lee, definitely not Casey Anthony. Bryn. Sounds like that might be Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> we know how good she is at faking people out. Was it Autumn Rain? Is that what it was? Autumn the, Fragrance. Autumn Fragrance. This is certainly not Casey Anthony. This is Autumn Fragrance. <laughs> There's only one person in the world that's going to make sticking po or points about why she's innocent. Yeah. <laughs> Bryn Spence, Billy Eskins, Thomas Henry, Elizabeth Schnellner, Elizabeth Schneller, Natalie Wester, Alyssa Niles, Manetta, Carson Keelan, Hannah Sepulveda, Irish Wristwatch, Irish wristwatch Irish wristwatch thought you were going to get me there I did pretty good how about that Stealthy Pickle and Ryan Crenshaw thank you new patrons appreciate your support let me see if I can do it again Irish wristwatch Irish wristwatch Irish wristwatch that's twice how about that you good conquered job. that one <laughs> good job pal <laughs> Ian what do you got Four iTunes. I have one for Club Seven, Nav, Nav R E thirty five, Amy Jeeps, Booty from Cincy, and Pammy three fifteen. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, anything else? I have an international one. Uh, Pam Lynn seventy seven from Canada. Hell yeah! Thank you for the kind review. Uh, anything else? I got a shout out for somebody. Um, someone sent me some Pokemon cards. They sent me the 151 Ultra Premium <laughs> collection box. Damn! And I was talking about it a couple weeks ago. Someone sent me one, but there's no name attached to it. So That's love. Thank you. It is. Look at Message that. me on Instagram or the show or something, whoever sent it, so I can shout you out. You got this whole box set over here, and you, we've been debating whether or not you're going to open it. I know. Where are I you at right now? I don't know. There's 16 packs in there that I could open. So, but as soon as you take that peeling that that wrapper off, 
the value of that entire box diminishes. I know. But there's damage on the box. There is damage on the box. The corner is fucked up. Mm. Thanks, GameStop. Mm. Mm. So the, the question <laughs> is, is the value in the individual packs or is the value in the box mm. set? Mm. It's definitely not in the packs. That's 100%. So then you've, sure. you've just literally answered the question. Yeah, well, it's for fun. I'm going to open oh, it. You want to you wanna, you wanna fill that fucking binder? Yeah, because you've got to do the card trick to move, move one to the front, turn it around, and then the suspense, like the rare card will always be in the back. Like on the back of the card? Like the pack. Like you open the pack like this. Uh-huh. Then you take this card and move it to the front. Flip it over and you when you're you know, going through, the rare one's always on the back. So you have to okay. look at every card before you see if there's something sweet in there or not. I see. You have to, like that's like a like a luck type thing. And like it's more suspenseful that way. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. You so I'm not just like ripping a pack like fuck this and throwing it sure. to the side. Okay. Right. Make it a little fun. Can we do this? Can we like record it for our OnlyFans? $88 a month for uh, eight months uh, at minimum. Me opening Pokemon cards? Yeah. All right. You do it with no pants on. Just wear like a Shawn Michaels. Uh, <laughs> no shirt. Just wear your Shawn Michaels shorts. Oh, okay. There we go. I thought you were saying wear a Shawn Michaels shirt with no pants on. Well, you, <laughs> but I know you have the Shawn shorts. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do that. All right. All right. Some, some advanced audio of what it's going to sound like. Jeez, that doesn't stop. It's like that extra couple of seconds. Yeah, right. That's when it makes it creepy. But yeah, thank you to whoever sent this. I don't think I'm going to open it. I don't know. All right. That's where he's at right now. We'll Stand by. Sure. It's like a picture like sure. two hours from now of him just like, I opened it. It's just like yeah. <laughs> packaging everywhere. I'll text you guys whatever I got out of it. <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Necronomapod.com. We have a sticker sale going on, right? Yeah, that thing's still active. So go ahead, get your stickers uh, on sale. Extended through Black Friday weekend. <laughs> you say? Yeah. There you go. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod currently have, if you're listening to this the day we release this on Sunday, 10% off an annual subscription to Patreon. Yep. And uh, Amazon.com search Necronomapod for all of our merch. Goes away Monday morning, depending on when I sleep in. Like 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>